coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Franchise Marketing Radio. I'm your host, Rob Ganley, and it's great to have you back today. I have a great guest with me. I've talked to this brand before. I have the utmost respect for them. Today, we get the honor to speak with Tony DiPiatro. He's the Vice President of Emerging Market Development at Big B Coffee. So it's great to have you here today, Tony. Welcome to the show. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Got it. Got it. I, I, I meant what I said. This is going to be a great conversation because Big B does things in a very cool and unique way. So they, they're master marketers, but they're helping the world at the same time. And I love that. I love that approach. So with further ado, tell me a little bit about yourself, Tony. I know you've been with the brand a while and the brand has done some extensive growth. I think you're up over 375 locations now and a lot of growth in the last few years. Tell me about your journey with the brand and, and where things are headed. Yeah. So I've been with Big B Coffee for over 22 years now. I started in the trenches managing stores. I was the district manager for stores in the Toledo, Ohio market. And it was an awesome way to cut my teeth, right? Learning how to run a coffee shop, right? That that was the most important. I did that for about four years. And it was so much fun building relationships with the customer as well as building relationships with the staff. And not only was I a district manager, I, I also managed two stores day to day too. So open the stores, work the line till noon. Awesome. It was so much fun. Parlayed that experience into, I was a uh, director of operations for about eight years. And at that point it was helping get new stores open. It was working with our current franchise owners at that time. So again, building relationships with people who were our franchisees, which these people are incredible. You know, our success is because of their success and it's fantastic. Then I moved it over into the development world where I've worn many hats over there. But again, another chance to build relationships and now with new prospects who are thinking about joining Big B Nation. And I love it. Loved every minute of it. When I started, we had uh, doors open. Currently, to update your numbers, we had 386 open. We just okay. had one, another one open this week. Awesome. Been a great yeah, year. I can't keep up. I can't keep up. It's just moving a little. It's kind of like AI. It's moving too fast. You're, you're changing too quick. But no, I love that because like the, the whole 360 degree, like I, I always say this almost every show, whenever I'm interviewing people, I'm like, I feel like I'm talking to people that, you know, the, the amount of knowledge you have, subject domain knowledge specifically about franchising and about the business model you're in is off the charts. Like you have every angle of it. You've done, you've worked it from different angles. And 22 years worth. So, you know, it's always nice to have you. And I always encourage people to reach out. I usually wait for the end of the show, but I'm like, you, you got to talk to these folks. They're really knowledgeable people. 
And if you just talk to them for 15 minutes, you'll you'll know more about franchising and running a business than you probably meet anyone really. So, but anyway, just just hearing all those angles made me think of that. And of course, wearing different hats. And but you did key in on on relationships and you said something, you said nation. You said the big B nation. And I'm sorry, but when you say something like that, it tells me there's something special about your brand. And I know that about football teams. I know that about when we say nation, like the Steeler nation, I'm a Steeler fan. You know, it's it's an endearing, it's like you're proud to be part of it, right? You're, it, the brand means something. For me, that, that brand means something. And it, it's the values, it's what's behind it, right? It's the product too, of course, but it's the other stuff. And I feel like that's important. Can you tell me a little bit about that foundation of branding and values and how that has played into growing this nation of rabbit of uh, fans and uh, franchisees that love you i'm going to answer that question but i just want to say something before we move on to that yes i've been with big b coffee for 22 years but my goal is to learn something new each and every day from our franchise owners the prospects the people within our organization who might only have been there for a month uh, our belief you know this comes down from bob and mike our co-founders, co-CEOs, that if you, you you have to be learning, you have to be growing each and every day. In my opinion, if you know everything, it's time to move on. So that I wanted to say that. And now moving on to your question. Can I inject? Let me inject. I wanted to say you, you had to do it. That is exactly the kind of people, the smartest people in the world are also humble. I don't think you can learn if you're not open-minded to learning. And that has been my career is constant learning. But I, I, you know, I love that because that is exactly the key. I hear that over and over again. That's a key. And that's a key for franchisees too, right? To come in. But sorry to just, I just had to pivot off that. It was a good, good comment. I appreciate that. I really do. Oh, I'll give a little plug because I completed the CFE program through the IFA about uh, a year ago. And it was an awesome experience. Too. Yeah. So I learned a lot. There you go. Beautiful. So so let's let's dive into the culture again. So like we were we were just talking about, like you said, nation. And I really feel like that that's that's a confident, endearing reference to everybody in your ecosystem. And I think that means a lot. What the, tell me what that tell me about the brand. Tell us about how you built that and how that's now helping you today with the brand, the, the expansion. Great question. I, I would start at, I think traditionally most people look at who's in current franchising, look at the relationship between the franchisor and the franchisee only, right? We, we've broadened that base. Not only, yeah, our franchisees are very important to us, 100%. Number two, the staff in our home office. Number three, the people in the communities where we do business. Not just that, but how we do business globally. Um, our vendor partnerships um, and the environment, right? Those are all part of the things that you have to take into consideration to be successful. And I'm not saying nobody else looks at it that way. I'm sure they do. But that that's one of it's. And in the families of the people that we're involved in, right? The families of our franchisees, our home office staff, 
etc. So it's how to support every level there, because if you can support every level there, then you can do something amazing. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's a, you know, as you said, I think it's about being deliberate, just sharing the idea that you should extend that, that, that community to be further families of vendors. Uh, I know you guys work with, you, you create, uh, your product through farmers and and through partners like that, and so you get to know them and everybody connected with them. So it's just I guess not being intentional, right? So do you have like an example of what that intent would look like if you want to include someone or make them feel part of it? Is there something you guys are doing that kind of like makes people feel included and inclusive of of your brand? Yeah, I I would start with Bob Fish, you know, our co-CEO, co-founder, and his wife Michelle have been they're they're building a true farm direct program. And they're traveling the world, they're visiting coffee growers in multiple different countries, right? They want to see what their needs are, see if they're a cultural fit for us, which means are they supporting their workers? Are they supporting their communities? Are they doing this ethically as well? And it's been a great journey. Um, Bob Fish has a blog, One Big Island in Space. Yeah. And if you want to see his journeys and get full submersion in what we're doing, that's what we're doing. We have a goal to have a name, a face, and a place with all the coffee that we produce and extend that grace, support people in building a life they love outside of the Midwest, outside of the US. And he really believes that, and we all do too, that that model can go across the world and support people who are like-minded, who are willing to do these for the same types of people. And in supporting them, uh, they're going to get a better price for their coffee because we're going to cut out middlemen on that. And we're going to, it makes good business sense too, because we're going to secure our coffee um, inventory. Right. That's one example. Yeah. One. No. And I think if I were look, looking at it from a marketing standpoint, you know, marketing is very brand marketing, especially is about storytelling. It's about that transfer. I said earlier, the nation, you know, the, we say it with our football teams a lot of the time, but it's like, what is it that you're transferring? What is that pride that you're feeling? It comes from the branding. It comes from what it represents, what your city represents, right? And and what you're doing and telling that story, even though it's, it's you know, a separate blog and all this, it's storytelling for the brand. It says what the brand is about, what they care about, what, how they're making an impact. And today's marketing, and I call it social marketing, not social media marketing, but social being socially responsible, being being aware of the world around you, being intentful about the the parties that are involved with your brand. Like you said, extending it a few tiers deep, and really saying we want to do the right thing for everybody involved in this thing, right? And I think that is a great form of marketing, even though that the main focus of the marketing is just to tell a story. Because because you know proud of the story and want to like make it make it make it known, but there couldn't be a better way to say that I'd rather drink coffee from Big B, because all things being equal, it's a great cup of coffee. And oh by the way, they're great people. So like that's just 
to me, you can't beat that kind of marketing. So that whether whether you're doing it intentionally just for marketing, I'm just pointing out is a great way to market when you can tell honest stories that are making a difference and it is related to your brand. Thank you. Uh, that is appreciated. And, you know, so a couple other stories, right? It's why do people join Big B Nation? Why do they decide to be a, a franchise owner, right? Mm-hmm. There's... There could be a million different ways people want to start their own, but I usually boil it down to three. But where the success comes in is the pride in the ownership that those franchise owners take in their stores. Um, we've got franchise owners who've been around with us for 20 plus years. And now their kids who I met when they were in middle school now own their own stores as well. You know, that's, that's pure awesomeness, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we can gauge our success by their feedback, but also in, you know, our organic growth over the last three, four years, it's always in that 30 to 50%, 30 to 40% range. That says we're doing something right, that those franchise owners are happy. Yeah. And yeah. I either happy they're profitable. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's that... Again, yin and yang between feeling taken care of and being supported and building a life that they love and having a successful business. Yeah. So let me let me ask you a two-part question then. Obviously, this is like a lot of brands. It's well, it should be all brands, but certainly when you're emerging, it's it's maybe a little harder to do this. But all brands should be very, very choosy about who becomes part of their brand, right? At least in terms of franchise ownership and things. And that's why we talk about awarding franchises in the industry. Tell me a little bit about how do you consider a candidate? What is it you're looking for? And then maybe help the audience with some questions that you typically hear that you think are pretty common that people often have about your business model. Like what is it? There's usually a burning question. So what are you looking for? And then what do they tend to ask you when you have that initial conversation so uh, i'm i'm going to take it up one tier and then i'll yeah. I'll, I'll come down to your questions yeah. um i mentioned this a little earlier i think there's three main reasons why people turn the big b coffee one they're tired of working in a traditional nine to five corporate american job right they seek something more number two They've always wanted to own a business that was scalable, but didn't know where to start, right? They didn't, they've never done it before. Their families have never done it before. And then number three, they want to spend more time with their families and their communities, but lack the time, money, and resources to do it. So three main reasons why I feel people turn to us. And then, okay. And then in, in our conversations with individuals, we want it's about building relationships. I think one of the first questions I'll ask somebody when I first meet them, and, and we did this earlier, what was the first concert you ever saw when and where? Right? Hey, I you know, at the end of the day, building relationships is going to be key. It's going to help you through the good times as well as the not so good times, right? Because you know you can have that open dialogue with the individual, 
right? Uh, this might not be the most scientific way, but if I could see myself working behind the counter with that person for an eight to 10 hour shift, is that possible? Can I see myself going to have a beer with them or grabbing a coffee? Yeah, if, if those boxes are checked, great. We can teach people. We have all the systems and processes in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. To make this scalable, that they just need to execute. We can't teach having enthusiasm, excitement, um, being concerned for others, being able to, uh, to talk to individuals and, and have a conversation. Now, that could be taught, I guess, but I think people see through that very quickly. If that's not who you are, if it's not part of your DNA, I guess. Because yeah, yeah. to own a coffee shop, um, you have to be able, to, I believe the hardest part is, is to build those relationships with each and every customer that comes inside your four walls. Why? Because the coffee industry is a little different because the frequency our customers can come in at, right? Yeah. We can see our customers three, four, seven days a week. Yeah. And it's because of those relationships. When you say buy, it's not a period on a sentence. It's a dot, dot, dot for when the next time they show up. And that's what's so great about our industry too, is building those relationships. And that's what we're trying to look for in these people. People want to give back to their communities. People are going to give back to their staff. Again, not be, not just because it's the right thing to do, but it also will make good business sense at the end of the day to act that way. I love I love tying incentives with actions, right? I mean, great companies are able to do that and and that that helps with motivation and it helps with uh getting the results we all want which is making happy customers and make profit along the way but it's about the customers right you wouldn't be very satisfied if, if customers weren't happy and and that's uh again something you're teaching to be automatic right so they, they but they have to want to be in that you're right i was thinking when you said the frequency I think about myself and in some of those types of places, I know the people really well. I almost I'm disappointed when I see a change in someone I see regularly, right? Like it's like, oh, they're gone. But you know, it happens in that kind of a role. They may, they may not be there, but there's always that person. You, you do get used to them. And and you know what? That should be capitalized on. That should be, you should be cognizant that you should be forming that longer term relationship. And I'm not sure that that would be obvious. So simple. But it's those little, simple, obvious things that brands do for the franchisee that make it smooth, right? <laughs> so. Our customer service levels are, are all the doing of our franchise owners. Yeah. Um, we just found out from Forbes for 2024, as it relates to customer service, we're in the top 5% of about 3,000 companies out there based on their customer service wow. right and it, we saw that it's like yeah. applause to our franchise owners they are living it you you don't get that type of respect against much bigger multinational companies 
unless the franchisees buying in and that's part of their DNA. That's right. And that starts with how we just talked about how you, you approach and recruit and then bring folks in and, and it's the nation thing again. It's just, I'm proud to do this. I want to do this. I, in fact, I'm going to do what they said better than they, you know, I'm going to do what they said, but try to do it better, better, better. Like you don't get that. That starts with culture. That starts with leadership. That starts with what they believe in. And and you guys got it. I mean, to, to achieve the top 3% out of 3000 companies is not an easy thing to achieve in anything. I'll press um, you 5%, 5%. Oh, okay. Only 5%. Anyway, all right. Let's tell me a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about the marketing that gets you there. Obviously, you still got to get the word out. In some areas, I know everybody knows you. In other areas, they may not, right? Especially markets you want to be in where you're not in as much, right? I would suppose. So tell me a little bit about the outreach. What, What do you rely on? I know there's some standards in the industry, we partner with broker networks. We have uh, internet marketing services where they provide leads to us. And we do our own marketing of our own web assets and and use different ways of achieving that. Is there something that you like or something that you guys feel or something you lean on more than other in terms of channels for creating new conversations? I think there's always the broad-based marketing, right? That's handled by our our home office, great team, very creative. Um, you have our co-ops that are in the marketplace that are run by the franchise owners, right? right. They are able to make decisions because they know their markets better. Um, that's once you start getting out of, uh, of the less uh, dominated markets that we're in, some of our emerging markets, I think that you can do some broad-based stuff my opinion is guerrilla marketing for that store with the help of us, but executed by that franchise owner is going to be what's key. Um, one, you, so have, you know, have an example is what we're saying, right? Have a, have a flagship location. That's the, that's the boy that we can look at that. We can reference that. And that helps bring in the additional locations. Is that what you meant earlier? Well, I, I think, uh, for instance, we have one store in Idaho right now. Mm-hmm. And in that marketplace, that franchise owner is the brand. They don't know Big B Coffee has 100 people in a corporate office in East Lansing, Michigan, although we are all remote. But you get the gist. Yeah. That is, that his success is going to be based on. Um, it, maybe I oversimplify too. Comes from my operations days, but yeah. you I don't know, think you can. You you've got win your backyard, and that one that backyard doesn't have to be a ten mile square radius. Doesn't even have to be a five. Could be a one to two mile square radius. There are plenty of customers there that if you get out and engage the community, you use uh, you give good customer service. You get referrals from those customers to come in, and you actually use your your um, regular customers to help market you. And 
If you do that type of a job, you're going to have a successful store because the community knows you're there to help them. And there could be all kinds of sponsorships, some fundraising opportunities that we have. It's just asking the question, getting out there. It, it, and I suggest if, if you do a good job at guerrilla marketing at your store, you could run for mayor at any town that you're in and win, right? Because that's that's what it's about. When you're inside your four walls, we have a system process for how to ring up a drink, how to make a drink, uh, how to clean a store, how to open a store. There's no real creativity needed there. Just follow the system, which will allow you to be scalable because now the staff knows exactly how to do it because they're following those same systems. But every entrepreneur has that creative side that they're itching to scratch, right? Or Yeah. And... Use that creativity on how to build relationships with the customers coming in your four walls and then how to build relationships outside your four walls. Use all the creativity in the world. What's important to you? I'm a big sports guy. Uh, you know, I, I always, I coached and it's sponsorships and help those, but that's just me. Somebody else could have the fine and performing arts. Somebody could have uh, uh, their churches, et cetera. Yeah, and I know Big B checks all the boxes uh, when it comes to, you know, internet and being present online and, and for whatever whatever needs. There's a part of that that might be for people to discover uh, they aren't familiar with an area to discover uh, that there's coffee nearby. And so there's a little of that, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, what's what's awesome about these kinds of business models is what you're saying. And it is all connected to what we said earlier about being part of something. But when you're part of something, it's like you want to be the mayor. You want to get out there and say, this is my contribution. I'm over here. Come on in. Let me be a part of what you're doing. You be a part of mine. Um, I think that for those folks that are in local markets uh, that, that, that gravitate towards that, it, it, you can't lose, right? Good product, word of mouth, it expands from there. You're physically present. People drive by. So in the offline world, that never stopped working. The digital world came along, gave us other ways to reach eyeballs. And certainly you got to check the boxes, of course, here and there. But I love that you're not tied to that, though. There are some models that if without Google, they would be in trouble, right? If that just turned off one day, uh, that would be a problem for their business model. And I don't think that's a good thing for any model to be relying on one channel or even just a, a small number versus really many many legs to the stool when you think of a community, right? Of lots of business owners, lots of things going on. It's really very a really robust way to grow. I'm sure you would agree. <laughs> yeah. And I think even with social media, if, if you just from a very generic standpoint, you post a picture of a drink that um, our art department created on your on your Facebook page, you're going to get a couple of likes. You post a picture of you involved in your community or of your staff having fun. That's where you get the likes. The consumers yeah. tell us they want to support, not just you got a good quality beverage, but they want to support that local franchise owner who lives and plays in that marketplace. Yes. Yes. Back to, so Digital marketing is complemented. So we, you know, when we think of social marketing in that sense, social media marketing, you know, it really is a small geographic space that you're thinking of. But 
digitally, they should all be touched and it should be an extension. So they're coming in regularly. You're always interacting, which is key to building those relationships. But then you extend it with the device, right? So you got Facebook and other things. And But you're right. What people are going to respond to when you're communicating over those channels is back to that human element, back to that, you know, that relationship part, like, oh, you know, so-and-so company, or you're partnered with them, or you're doing good for kids, thank you, or the Little League team, or the whatever, whatever it might be. But that's what people like to see over the social channels, if if anything, really, that's what they respond to. So that's brilliant. That's it. Uh, and, and you got to track what you're doing, right? And there yeah. is no silver bullet. Do this right, one right. thing, you'll be successful. You're trying different things. Um, you're tracking how they're performing. You're adapting. You're making changes. And then, one on one, maybe you just go do something a little goofy. Yeah, I'm going to try this. This is see what happens, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. not that you're going to, especially the guerrilla marketing portion of it, doesn't usually mean you're going to spend a lot of money to try it. It's going to consume some of your time. But so the payoff's big. And if it doesn't work, Great. You learned something. Yeah. yeah. You learned what didn't work. And then that's right. That the next time. That's a good list to have, isn't it? That's a great list to have. I wish I had it when I was 20. Here you go. Here's the list. <laughs> what doesn't work? Um, but anyway, no, that's that's brilliant. So tell me, you know, before we wrap up today, I wanted to just key in a little bit about merging markets, right? I know you're you're keying in on that a little bit. When you get to the size that you're at, it starts to become more strategic and how we're going to grow, where we're going to grow, what's important. Can you share a little bit about what you're what you're seeing in the future, what you're optimistic about in terms of emerging markets and opportunities and where you're focused? Well, yeah, I, I think what I'm most optimistic on is our focus, right? We've got uh, some key markets we're focusing on, Idaho, Virginia, Illinois, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia. Now, we get inquiries to go in all these other states, but we're focused on those, those right now. Why? It's because we have local owner operators in those markets. The best thing we can do for them is get more stores in that marketplace, right? You get the five, seven stores in that marketplace. Now, your logistical problems will go away a little bit. Right. Or a lot, right? Because they're not a single, uh, we use Cisco. They're not pulling out a local Cisco. They can pull more stuff out of local Cisco house. But then now you're in the range where you can start a co-op, right? You, so, and have all those owners merge their resources together, right? Just more branding. So the, those are probably the two biggest Things that we're doing is that focus on those marketplaces yeah. and going to those marketplaces. You know, the support we give all of our franchise owners um, is, is second to none, is my belief. It, yeah. But we got to continue to do this. And the interesting thing is we we dominate Michigan right now from, from a unit perspective. But we got to remember what it felt like when we had two stores open in Michigan (laughs) and translate that in, okay, what we do in Michigan isn't necessarily going to work because there's just not the brand recognition there. And doing things maybe 
going back to our roots, our basics, and that type of stuff to help that owner-operator be successful in those marketplaces. Well, before I let you go, um, maybe just share with the audience um, any advice that you might have for someone that just not sure. Uh, they, they, You had said earlier some of the drivers that from a broader perspective, lead people to look at a franchise opportunity, but maybe they're just looking at franchising in a, in a general way. Um, what would you say in terms of what makes you, if they do kind of move in the direction of coffee, because there are obviously quite a few brands in the franchise space, different types of brands and doing different things, but what would you say is the unique thing? I think we keyed in on some huge stuff here today, but just to sum it up, what would you say is different about your coffee business versus what they might find in the industry in terms of franchises and any advice you might give them uh, as they, as they do their due diligence? Well, the biggest piece of advice is to do your due diligence, right? (laughs) Compare, you know, compare brands against brands, get their FDDs. We, we give our FDD out to anybody who asks pretty much. Right. Uh, you don't have to submit a franchise application to us before we get get them because we because we're proud of our FDD. We want them to have it in their hands because that's how they're going to make a big part of that decision is with the information contained in there. Uh, I would say it's going to be the hardest thing you ever do and the most fulfilling thing you ever do in your in your life. Um, it, it, it's not going to be easy. I guess it's two. Three, if you're looking to do this as a side hustle or passive investment, air quotes, we're probably not right for you. Yeah. Um, So that's number three. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's unique? Like, what would you say? Like, if I were to compare you to a well-known coffee brand uh that's doing similar things what would you say i mean i'm sure you get some of that where they're looking at similar models how do you handle those what would you say are the the key unique qualities of of your Uh, of uh, your model okay we so we're going to competitive advantages right so yeah competitive advantages um i would say culture and people right i think we spent a lot of time talking today if if what is been said earlier does not resonate with you then we're probably not going to be right for you right number two systems and processes because if you look at the reasons why that i mentioned earlier people turn to us it's because they need help fulfilling their dreams right they they need support in building a life that they love right we're 100 franchised our focus is on the franchise owner we don't have to worry about corporate stores that we're trying to uh, to make profitable. It's 100% focused. So again, number two is systems and processes. And then I would think number three is product and innovation. Uh, our, our coffee, our profile, Bob Fish is, uh, is, is an expert in coffee, right? And what we're bringing to the table, some new items, our farm direct program, how we roast our coffee. We could geek out for another hour about coffee profiles and, and roasting methods, et cetera. Yeah. But then the innovation too is, is important because it allows us to be more competitive in the marketplace 
A, and it also, we're, we're trying to keep the costs low. Yeah. I, I believe we have one of the lowest initial investments in the um, category because we want to be able to invite more people into this. We want people that are, that are you know, just don't, nothing just be with high net worth, right? They work really hard and they're going to be great in, in our system. But also those people that are like young and they're go-getters and, and they want to carve out something they're like, yeah, we want those people too. And we're yeah. trying to have big BB for everybody. I, I know I probably did not. I gave you our three competitive advantages to recap. Yeah. Culture of yeah. people, systems and processes, uh, product and innovation. Yeah. It, it, so. But I would echo. I would echo that. I, I would say that you can't really even, when you said nation, I know I brought that up several times, but that is because you've built something that is hard to build, that is intangible. But it means that when I talk to others about what I'm doing, I've got something that comes out of me, that passion, that belief. That's what attracts people to want to partner with you and build a business with you. And so I think your franchisees have that huge distinct advantage of the stories that you're telling. And, and, and of course, they wouldn't be there if they didn't believe themselves. So that to me, that'll take anyone as far as you need to take it, really. It's it's about belief in a brand and what you're doing every day. That, that translates, right? And everybody you're interacting with, um, you know, your employees, your partners, your community, everybody. So, and your clients, of course, your customers. Um, so anyway, that, I appreciate that. You nailed it. Uh, like I said, I have the utmost respect for the brand. What's the best way for someone to reach out since we're, we're on audio here? Is there a number or just an easy website to remember if they're interested in the franchise opportunity? Uh, BigBFranchising.com. Got it. BigBFranchising.com. So they will reach out. And uh, I, I I'm willing to get guess, my cell phone number if anybody wants it. It's 517. You can drop it if you want. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> 517-388-1420. Love to talk to you if you have any questions, feedback, suggestions. Love to, love to hear from you. I always look at it as the reward for listening to the end of the show. <laughs> and I think, as I said to many, I said it earlier, that people need to take advantage of these opportunities to interact because you may not know where you're headed yet. But if you want to start a business and get into business for yourself, this is a place to start. So I would encourage you to reach out to Tony. He's there for you. He'd be happy to talk to you. So there you go. I appreciate your time today, Tony. Thank you to the audience for, for tuning in and hope to have you on the show again in the future. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and anybody who is listening, their time as well. Thank you. You got it.